Well, welcome to another edition of Conversations and Connections. Uh, again, we are the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the prevention coordinator for the agency. And uh, we continue to make our rounds uh, talking to the different folks in the agency and their, the roles that they play in making the Family Crisis Center uh, operate and run. And today I have Melissa Youngblood with us. Melissa is our intake specialist. Did I get that right? Yes. All right. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, thank you so much. Melissa was so nervous. She thought this was live. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, are we ready to go? We're early. We're early. And I'm like, hey, it's recorded. Yeah. We're all good. So just relax, take a breath. <laughs> um, well, Melissa, first of all, let's just, um, if you don't mind, share with me exactly what, uh, what are your duties as an intake specialist? What does the intake specialist do? Okay. So my role here at the crisis center is the intake specialist. I have, um, I have several different hats. Okay. So the main one being is I do the intakes on outreach clients, I assess their current situation first and make sure that they qualify for our services. And then I do their intake. Um, that involves, you know, putting them in our database and doing the paperwork. Um, another hat that I have is also keeping and maintaining our current resident file system. And I'll also assist administration in um, service rosters for upload for monthly upload. Okay. What is upload? Um, upload is where we, um, take all of our information for the previous month mm -hmm. and upload what is required of us to HHSC. And a HHSC is, um, <laughs> health and human services. Yes. Commission, yes. Right. Yes. Okay. All right. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but uh, a lot of folks yeah. out there may not okay. may not know exactly uh, okay. what all that is. So that's good. Uh, so what is the process? When, so when we say we're going to do you're going to do an intake. Mm -hmm. um, what is um, excuse me. And I forgot to I forgot to warn Melissa that uh, Greta is going to be in here taking pictures of you. <laughs> so uh, now, you know, yes. <laughs> Uh, so when we talk about doing an intake, exactly what is what is an intake? What are we talking about? Well, usually the clients are assessed when they call the hotline to find out if they qualify for our services okay. first. To qualify, you must be a victim of domestic violence or sexual assault. That's the main two criteria. Okay. And I either schedule them. I also do walk-ins where they just walk in through the door. And like I said, the first thing is an assessment. And usually when you're doing this assessment, you're hearing this person's story right you know what they've been going through sure um you're also depending on the current situation or how severe it is i'm also taking pictures of their wounds they're coming into me you know whether mentally sure. psychologically or physically they're coming into me broken and i'm the frontline person that is hearing their story and encouraging them and trying to empower them through encouragement that they their story is valid yeah their story is valid and they are heard and try to encourage them that they have made that first right step by coming in for their intake 
and they just keep making that next right step, and they'll be back on the path that they yeah. were supposed to be on. So what is it like, you know, your job is to hear people's hear people's stories at maybe some of the lowest points that they've ever been in yes. in their life. Yes. Uh, how tough is that, having to hear someone's story, even having to ask them personal questions? I'm sure you have to ask them yes. about why they're here and, and kind of the story behind that. I mean, that's got to... That's to take a toll on you sometimes as well, right? Yeah, mm, it can. But I have, um, I've learned. I've been doing this almost six years now, and I've just kind of learned to process for me the best thing that works yeah. and how to let it go. Sure, you know, because there's going to be that next one, and I just try to focus mainly on letting them know that they are important and that their story yeah. is valid and letting them know that they can make it through it. Sure. And it, I guess what helps me most is that I've been through it myself. So okay, it's hearing another story, you know, that's similar to mine and, you know, and all of them are in some way, then I, th- I guess that's what helps me be able to do it. It's mm-hmm. okay. As my family tells me or my mother, it's my calling. <laughs> well, and, and, and and like we talked about before before we started recording, and we may get more into your story here in a minute, and and that's entirely yeah. up to you. But I'm sure it probably helps in your position, maybe kind of knowing what some of these folks have gone through, right? Yes. And you know, as opposed to someone who maybe has never had exposure to that. Yes. Yes, and I believe it helps the it helps the client's comfort level. Yeah, sure, see, exactly. I mean, I don't I don't share my story with them, obviously, but they can look at you and know that they know mm-hmm. that you've been there. Yeah. They can see just because of the way that you're speaking to them that you understand completely right. where they're at. Yeah, and meet them where they're at. And, and even listening if listening to them is the most important thing to them, having oh, somebody course. to listen to them. And I, I, yes. You know, I, by all means, I am not a therapist, but I think that's half of the therapy right there <laughs> is just telling it to so, telling mm-hmm. uh, it to someone. And even if you don't share your personal story with them, I think as far as you doing your job well, it helps it does. to know Hey, I kind of know what this person is talking about. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know what they're feeling. Um, is there anything that would exclude someone from receiving services um, from us? Just they must be a victim of domestic violence okay. or sexual assault to receive services from us. Okay, yeah. But be- even if they were a victim or a survivor, would there be anything else that wouldn't no. qualify them? Okay. No. Well, how long have you been? How long have you been with the agency here? Coming up on my six-year anniversary in August. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's not far away. Yeah, I started right. off as a crisis worker, you know, in the okay. safe house. And okay, I was promoted at front. I've been in this position coming up on three years now. All right. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, your position here isn't the only thing that you do. You kind of. No. Divide your time between uh, between the Family Crisis Center and also the Mantooth House. Yes, correct. Um, tell, I guess first, tell me what is 
if the folks who don't know, what is the Mantooth House? Okay, the Mantooth House is a sober living home for women coming out of addiction, coming out of rehab from addiction, being in a rehabilitation center. They had to have been receiving or be clean and sober for 30 days in okay. order to live there. The house is a vision of Judge Engelman's that the community came together on and made it happen. Okay. Um, I have beds, eight beds for women there. So I have at full capacity, I have eight women there that I'm helping. And basically, I am the residential manager there. And what I do is everything I do is the intake specialist here, <laughs> pretty much. And But I'm also there for them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, helping them to learn how to move forward and grow roots under their feet, become productive members of society again Okay. by just teaching them basic self-care and basic responsibilities. They pay rent to live there. Um, they also have to do recovery meetings through ADAT. They also have to do their 12-step meetings. They're very busy ladies. Yeah. They're very busy ladies. But what this program has done is it's prevented um, ladies from recycling through drug court over and over again. It's given okay. them a safe place to go where they don't have to go back to that home that's addicted or to that relationship that's addicted or be on the street where they would end Mm -hmm. up being addicted again. So you said at full capacity, it's eight, eight ladies. Yes. Um, Do you usually stay at full capacity or Uh, does it have been? Yes. Okay. For the better part of this year, I have been. And how long can they stay there? We have six-month, nine-month, and 12-month programs. Most ladies end up choosing the 12-month program, okay. and Judge Engelman encourages that because it will help them to save money so they're not living or trying to live paycheck to paycheck when they leave us or when yeah. they graduate the program. Is it How difficult is it? I mean, I almost feel like, or I would feel, you said, you know, you work here, and then you say, you know, you help them 24-7. I live there. So you yes. live there, and it's almost like you're always work. You're always working. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it difficult managing two jobs like that? Uh, of course, you're going to have difficult days. I think anybody can have difficult days, whether yeah. they're working no job or 15 jobs. But, yeah, there are going to be difficult days, depending on what circumstances you end up in that day. Right. But... I've trained myself to, um, you know, they say in the addictive world, one day at a time. But I've trained myself to be in mm-hmm. one moment at a time. Right. So I can handle whatever comes up right. during that given moment. Okay. Yeah. I want to go back just for just, just for one moment and with your with your uh, position here as intake specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know what's going to happen day to day, right? Not. Because uh, you may have appointments. You know, okay, I know this person's going to come in at 2 o'clock this afternoon for their intake. But you did mention we take walk-ins. We do. And so you just never know. You may have a slow, easy day where it may be a day that's just nonstop. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, adapt and overcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there? Do you? Is there anything different that you would do with a walk-in versus someone? If they have an appointment, have they already been assessed and everything? I've assessed them usually over a hotline. Okay, I've gotten the basic information. Obviously, they haven't 
gone in depth or shared, you know, their story and what's going on or how they ended yeah. up in that situation. But so yes. if if they're a walk in, you have to start from the very beginning yes. and do that initial assessment before you even yes. do an intake and yes. all of that. Right. Make sure that they qualify for our services. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, so you said you've been here for six years. Mm-hmm. How long have you been doing the the thing at uh, Mantooth? Coming up on three years. Okay, so, so three Same years. Same time, August. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, how did you find yourself working here at the Family Crisis Center? What, I guess, what inspired you to do this type of work to be in, to be a, a sir, you know, in this service field, I guess you could say. I just I had a desire to help women in crisis and women that were going through what I've survived myself. Okay. Yes. So just a heart for someone that, yes. you know, you've been in their shoes, so yes. to speak. Right. All yes. Right. Okay. Um, what's your background? What, what, what was you, what, where did you, what were you doing before the Family Crisis Center? Um, actually, okay. So <laughs> um, the Family Crisis Center hired me when I was in my last three months um, rehab with a faith-based rehab that was open here in Lufkin during, okay. in oh, 2016. Okay, okay. Yes, the Lufkin Dream Center. So it was the Lufkin Dream Center. Okay, I've heard, I've I, that name sounds so familiar. Are they... I was the last person to graduate from there. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because I know. Yes. In fact, I think, geez, this was years ago when I was a much smaller physically person. I used to do a uh, a fitness boot camp, and there was a guy in there. I think I can't remember his name, but I think he was one of the guys that was wanting to start um. it. Um, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, that was kind of like his vision was to start. And I, I want to say that's where I heard the, the dream center. Heard it from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, between the Lufkin dream center and going through the mosaic center program, another awesome community program. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they gave me that hand up. They lifted me up to where, and let me know that I could do that. I could actually do what my heart desired to do and help women that were going through at that moment what I had lived through. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So no college degrees or anything like no that? No Just uh... I uh, joined the United States Air Force right out of high school. Whoa. Okay. Wait. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. <laughs> this I did not know, Melissa. Yes, I did. So you're a veteran. I am. Okay. Why did I not know that? I don't know. I get flowers every year on Veterans Day, Stuart. <laughs> well, obviously they're not for me because no. I didn't know it. Well, no, that's awesome, Melissa. No, I, I seriously, I, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. I was a flight line mechanic, Stuart. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so did you retain anything? Could you go work on an airplane now if you needed well, to? Well, in the airplanes, it was the um, oh, okay. It was the equipment that there gave the F-16 fighter jets their support. Well, yeah. shows you what I know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. I had no idea. So what is it about the jobs that you have here at the Family Crisis Center and at Mantooth House? What What is it? that you enjoy what gives you the satisfaction and you kind of we you you kind of you kind of mentioned that about why you're in this but what is it about those positions that you really enjoy the most well that's easy um 
my joy comes from being a part of, not just watching, but being a part of watching them grow and heal and become the women they were meant to be. Awesome. That's the best part of it to me. Yeah. That's my reward. So do you have any future aspirations? I mean, are you happy where you're at? Do you want to move onward and upward or (laughs) what's your plan? I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just kind of, I just feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Melissa Youngblood, thank you so much. See, wasn't that hard, was it? It's not. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Conversation. And I I do appreciate you sharing some of your story. I I, I do appreciate that. Thanks, Melissa. Melissa Youngblood, our intake specialist here at the Family Crisis Center. Uh, And I do want to point out, if you have any questions or comments about what you've just heard, you can email us at conversationsandconnections at fccet.com. And also, if you feel like you need our services, uh, we do have a, Melissa was talking about the hotline. We do have our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week hotline. That number is 1-800-828-7233. It's 1-800-828-7233. And as always, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.